0: This is Melanie Ake. Today on Everyday Leaders, you'll meet Maria Pesson, a powerful woman that is continuing to change the way the world connects to the fashion industry. And she's now designing her own future for success. I'm really excited to share what's happening at Everyday Leaders. Go to everydayleaders.com Subscribe to my website where you can learn strategies to become a leader in your own life. On the EverydayLeaders.com podcast page, you can connect to the guest of the 2019 Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit and listen to your favorite episodes of the Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. Now, if you're ready to take the next step and become a leader in your own life, go to my Everyday Leaders store, select the Life Strategies courses corporate strategy workshops, or even personal coaching. Go to everydayleaders.com, subscribe, and keep up to date on all of our programs and valuable leadership lessons. When you subscribe to Everyday Leaders, you'll be entered into our monthly giveaway to receive a round to it. If you need accountability in your life, this is a great way to start. Go to everydayleaders.com and become a leader in your life. Welcome to Everyday Leaders 50 and 50. Maria Pesson, thanks for being on the show tonight. And
1: thank you for having me. That was fun music. I was bopping my
0: head <laughs> It's fun. I know we should have a little disco in here. Um, well, you are... I'm so excited to have you on because you're in one of my favorite cities. You live... Uh, outside of of manhattan new york and and people that know us know that we 've got family there and love to visit that city, it is amazing the things that are created in New york City and you are part of the fashion industry, so as a consultant, I love that you 're on this program to kind of talk to us about what that 's like in the industry being in the city where it 's all created you know, and this is all about leadership so Talk to me a, a little bit about uh, your history in, in New York and uh, in the fashion industry as this consultant.
1: Well, let me tell you how I started. Yeah. Because I started when women really were not in the workplace. They were just starting to come in. I mean, they had jobs and there were some leaders, but mostly they were nurses and secretaries. In fact, I remember the want ads had men's want ads and women's want ads. Are you serious? I'm serious. Oh my they used to segregate it by sex. And obviously, the women's jobs didn't pay nearly as much, nor they, were they very high on the uh, food chain. Mm-hmm. So it was a different time. And I come from a family of blue-collar workers. The women were homemakers. The men basically worked with their hands. And no one went to college. No one expected to have a career, men or women. But women especially not have a career. And I always knew I wanted to be rich and and be successful, and I wanted a career. And in my family, they thought it was cute, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, Maria's going to do this, how cute that is, and not take me seriously. But years later, they took me very seriously (laughs) because I did exactly what I said I was going to do. Mm -hmm. I went into the fashion industry. I always knew I wanted to be in business but I didn't know what business I wanted to be in. And my best friend was going in the fashion industry. So I thought, sounds like a good plan. I'll do that. And my best friend's now a nurse and has been for the last 20 years <laughs> and I'm still doing it.
0: <laughs> you know, and so, so what inspired you though? What made you think like, I want to go into fashion is because you were around the environment in New York city.
1: Well, actually I, I grew up in Brooklyn, and we were not w- with it to the level that Brooklyn is with it now. Then it wasn't nearly as trendy, and we lived, you know, ever here at Brighton Beach?
0: Oh, yes. I've seen it. I've been there.
1: So I grew up. There's these tall buildings at the beginning of Brighton Beach, and that's where I grew up. So we didn't have fashion. I really had no inclination about what it was about, no knowledge. I came in. I I joke that I started below the bottom, that it took me three years to get to the bottom because I was like taking clerical jobs, whatever I could get, reception jobs, where I wasn't learning anything about the industry just to get a foot in the door. Mm -hmm. So I just had to find my own way and figure it out as I went along. And slowly but surely, I started to get some traction. In some ways, I think it took me longer than in other ways. But then I look at people who they took worked for fifteen years and wasn't as far as I was after fifteen years so it just it just was a it just the way it was for me so and
0: when you think about icons though, so fashion icons, you know thinking about well who was the designer, who was the that was there one key thing that you said, I kind of want to be in that. I want to be more involved in it.
1: You know, I'd like to say yes, but the truth is the people who inspired me were the people I worked for
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they weren't necessarily famous or big designers, but they were just really smart business people
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they inspired me. And I learned from them, and I grew from their tutelage. I always tried to work for people that were the kind of people who would teach me and let me learn what they knew and help me to grow and help me to expand. There's one extra thing that I had going against me. I was painfully shy. Painfully shy. And I became a salesperson. Mm. I had to overcome my shyness to be a salesperson.
0: Absolutely. And then
1: eventually I was running meetings with, you know, CEOs of Macy's. You know, I was involved in, you know, a much deeper, more intensive way. And I was running companies that I built from zero to multi-million dollar businesses and very successful businesses. Mm-hmm. So it was really, I learned from the people around me. I also read a lot of books, Mm -hmm. listened to podcasts. Mm -hmm. Well, podcasts came later. (laughs) Listened to to like, you know, tape series and um, Tony Robbins and whoever was interesting at the time. So there was a lot of learning on my own.
0: But so you took that initiative. and, And so, you know, you think about people that are successful and habits of success and success leaves clues, all these things that we talk about. You know, for people that are looking at their journey, they live in an apartment in Manhattan. They're, you know, they're growing up, they're 18 years old and they're looking for, what am I going to do with my life? And I, I want to learn from business, you know, and, and thinking about the fear as a shy girl saying, I'm going to be a sales role. I'm going to be in sales and I'm going to be successful at this. How did you transition your mind, you know, just the mindset? Was it the people that influenced you around you to get you through that? Or or what do you think? It was,
1: um, yes, it was partly the mentors that encouraged me and made me feel like I could really do it. So I did have the encouragement. In fact, one of my mentors I'm still friends with, I worked for her, I don't know, 35 years ago. And we're still good friends to this day. I spent time at her house a couple weeks ago. I mean, that's how close we are.
0: Mm.
1: So I've, had been, I've been fortunate and I've had people who've encouraged me. Unfortunately, I've also had people who did not encourage me. They discouraged me and made me feel like I couldn't do it.
0: Mm.
1: But, I, but the people that helped me gave me direction. I'm going to tell you about some stories as we talk. Um, one story is I worked, one of my first jobs was as an assistant buyer. That was really the first job where I started to learn about the industry. So I was an assistant buyer and I um, helped my buyer buy things for stores around the country. And again, I said I'm from Brooklyn. I had no fashion sense. We shopped in the discount stores um, to get the cheapest clothing possible. And And in those days, cheap clothing meant ugly clothing. It Mm -hmm. didn't mean what it does now. You can get fast fashion that's really cute now. You couldn't then. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I grew up with a very heavy Brooklyn accent. And there were just things that made me not be as polished as I could be. And my buyer asked me if I minded if she would help me to refine, you know, how I my accent and and just how I dressed and how I conducted myself. And I said, absolutely. I would love that. And that was the beginning. So each step along the way, I found a mentor who helped me. And I think that that's a big important thing because any job I took, I wanted to know I could grow in it. I wasn't so concerned about the money. I figured the money would come. I was more concerned about the position and the um, opportunity To strive and be more than I was, and to work around good people. And that was a big thing for me that really impacted my career because I'm telling you, the money did come. And I was making, at one point, my father, I found out my father was telling people how much I made. (laughs) I was so appalled. (laughs) How could you tell people what I make? It's like a pork. He said, I'm proud of you. Like, you're making a lot of money. I, I said, no, but, you know, that's kind of not nice to tell people that. <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, I wasn't making millions, but I had a very good, very, very good salary. And um, I worked my way up from a clerical to become president of Jessica Simpson Coats. And now I run my own business for the last almost seven years.
0: And, you know, that's amazing because when you think about when you started this whole journey, when you started talking in the very beginning and the beliefs that you had maybe about yourself in the very beginning, because there were these ads, the women's and the men's. And so I can't transfer over to something that a man's going to do. I can't own a company. I've got to fit into this mold. And, but, but you just decided that that wasn't the path you were going to take. And so, having that ability, having that vision—that I see in so many leaders—that say, "Yeah, but, but I'm not going to fear that. I'm just going to learn it. I'm gonna. I've I've seen that I am around the right people that are going to inspire me, and I'm just going to keep believing that I can."
1: But here's the trick: you you're going to have the fear. You do it despite the fear.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not that you don't have the fear. You do. You don't think you can do it. You think, oh, my God, um, that person is so successful. I could never be like that person. Mm-hmm. Look how impressive they are. Look how they speak and how they people get so you know wrapped up in what they have to say. I can't do that. And you have to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. You have to do it despite that. So when I would work with buyers, it was scary. But then I got comfortable with the buyers. Then I worked with management, that was scary, I got comfortable with that. And then I remember one time um, I was at the Jessica Simpson corporate office and all the different licensing partners, myself and other people, I think there was like 13 at the time, were there to make presentations to all the management at Macy's West from the CEO down. Mm -hmm. And so we're all there to make presentations. And they're like, their faces are like a rock, like no expression, (laughs) not saying anything. And the executive vice president in charge of Jessica comes over to me, she says, you have to rescue this. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) Me? Me? I I can rescue this? How am I going to rescue this? Uh, What can I do? And I by the end of it, I had them laughing and having fun and really into it. And everybody was, it was a whole, I changed it all around. It was a much, much better um, meeting after that. And my boss, who, had, that was the first time he saw me in action. He came as close as he possibly could to being in love with me. <laughs> he was never in love with me. He couldn't do that. He always had to make fun of me, but he did think I was really good after that and you know that took years of pushing past Mm -hmm. my um my safety Mm -hmm. net you know Mm -hmm. you have I call and I didn't make this up this is what it's called your circle of influence right where you know everything inside your circle of influence is your comfort zone yep then you do something that's a little outside your um Comfort level, a little outside your um your circle, and you do it and then you did it, and then your circle of influence expands to include that. And that's how you get it to go. It just keeps expanding and expanding when you push yourself outside of your comfort zone, whether you're scared or not. And then after a while. Now I could speak to like a thousand people; It wouldn't
0: bother me. <laughs> but now you're living on the edge of your comfort zone. You're like on the outside of that circle, going. I
1: know. I've well, done. This. The got bigger, though, so yep. I'm still in my comfort zone. <laughs> but then I have a very big, expanded comfort zone
0: now. It's it's so amazing to kind of listen to that whole process. You know, I close my eyes and I think about Mad Men. You know, for anyone that has ever watched Mad Men and and thinking about those. Um, those quiet rooms where everybody's just listening intently for the pitch. And, and maybe, you know, the advertisers right there in the next room. And so the, the, the whole mantra of this is because it's the fashion industry where it's all about how much money are we going to be able to make from this marketing, from this pitch, from this message, and it's really important to how we as a society accept something. And, and so that can either make or break a campaign or uh, a movie star or a, a clothes designer, you know. And for Jessica Simpson, did you ever get to meet her in those experiences?
1: Oh, sure. Many, yeah. many times. Her mother pretty much ran the business for her. Her father was more in the movie entertainment part, and her mother was in the fashion part. And Jessica would come sometimes to the meetings. She didn't always come to the meetings, but she did sometimes. And um, it was really really interesting because when I first started working with them, I thought, what are they going to tell me about fashion? The woman, you know, she's a young kid. What does she know? And her mother, you know, what does she know about fashion? But I tell you, her mother was a sharp cookie. She had a really good sense of business. She had good instincts, and I thought she did a very good job.
0: That's amazing. You know, because you think about all these little girls that that may, you know, their moms are listening to this, and they have— you know they get that scarf and they get that boa and they're they're always in their heels and they're just trying to you know impress as they grow up and and they think and they dream about if i could get to new york city and if i could do something like that how amazing you know that they would think that journey would be and i'm sure that it's a lot different today than it was when you know as you talked about how this this cultural change really you're now living outside of the city get to still do everything that you love. Um, but it's a—it's really different today, isn't it?
1: Yes. I do spend a lot of time in the city, though. I have to go in um, several times a month. So sometimes, like this week, I'll be in the city three days. In some weeks, I don't go in at all. So mm-hmm. I still go into the city. And that's an advantage for me, um, that I'm in the center of the universe, so to speak. I mean, it's a little ego Um, typical to say New York's the center of the universe, but it kind of feels like that sometimes. I mean, everything happens here, and especially in fashion because you know it used to be Paris, but we have a really significant industry here in the garment center, but it's changed so much over the years. Um, It's just a different business than it was when I first started out. Mm -hmm. It was a much easier business then. It's much tougher now. Mm
0: -hmm. And, you know, you would think in so many ways people talk about business and how it is easier because of the connections that we have. You know, you've got these social connections. But what do you think has changed? What do you think has made it harder as you've looked at this and reflected on it?
1: Well, in my opinion, I think it's a few different reasons. I think... There's um, a lot of competition and really good competition. So there's a lot of noise and how do you shine out, you know, through the noise that's out there and make yourself be known. You know, there's a lot that goes into raising awareness. People who have, you know, 100,000 followers don't get that overnight unless they're a celebrity's daughter or something. Mm -hmm. It usually takes time to accumulate that and a lot of focus, and a lot of knowing what you're doing. So it's you have to really cut through that noise. But the other thing is, when think about when you were a kid. How many times a week did you go out to a restaurant with your parents? Yeah, never. (laughs) Never? (laughs) Yeah. You went out on a special occasion, and you went to the same restaurant usually. Yeah. And maybe you went out a few times a year when it was a special occasion. Mm -hmm. And think about all... You know, the phones. We didn't buy phones. There were no phones to buy in those days. Mm -hmm. I mean, we thought we were really modern because we had touch tone and not, you know, dial up. I don't don't mean dial up internet. I mean dial up the telephone.
0: The rotary dial phone.
1: (laughs) The rotary dial. We thought, oh, my God. Oh, and when we got color, TV. So now there's all these electronics buying for your money. You know, cell phones, computers, Kindles, Alexa, like all this stuff. That's number two. People would decorate their houses all the time. In my When I was growing up, you decorated your house once and it was like that for the next 50 years of your life. Mm-hmm. Now people are constantly renovating. They're going on vacations like never before. I mean, travel is a big deal now. And people go far away, and they go on really exotic trips that they never did before. So if you think about it, there's a lot of things vying for people's money. Mm-hmm. A lot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And clothes was really the big thing in those days, other than, you know, really, that was it. I mean, what did you spend your disposable income on? Not much.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: maybe went to plays, maybe you go to a museum, and, you know, in the summer you'd go to the Catskills for a week, you know, you weren't going to Paris with your parents. Mm -hmm. That just wasn't happening. So there's a lot more to spend money on. So there's just, I just find that there's more, there's more appetite for all different things, whereas before it was just closed so that, you know, there's just not as much disposable income available. Mm-hmm.
0: Well I think Is that about a very
1: long-winded way to say that? No,
0: no, no. Well I think about, you know, when you look at pictures of your families, you know, and you talked about when you go out to a restaurant, when you used to, it was the big day. Maybe it was Sunday after church. Maybe it was Saturday that you took your family and you went to the park or you went to a restaurant. And you would dress up. Like you Yes. You had a reason you know, to pick out that favorite outfit and and maybe even gloves or a hat. And and you're really dressed for the occasion. Today, you know, it is so different. The culture is so different.
1: We wore hats and gloves when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I remember one time my grandmother took me to St. Patrick's Cathedral in Manhattan. I had a—it was so hot, too. I remember it was so hot and muggy. She has me in this white dress with, like, crinoline underneath the dress— with white ankle socks, white sh- patent leather shoes, gloves, and a hat. Could you imagine <laughs> little kids dressing <laughs> like that now?
0: No. <laughs> they wouldn't even get out of the house. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah, they'd be embarrassed probably. Oh. But, you know, we didn't argue. Our parents told us something. We did exactly what they said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's changed too, right?
0: It has changed so much. So, So when you think so we- about... The things that you have learned, and you reflect back on all these years of experience, for people that are coming up, what are you doing today? How how do people can, can connect to you to learn from you? I know you've written some things, so I want you to talk about that a little bit.
1: Well, um, one of the, what I do as a consultant is I work with startups and small businesses who need help navigating the waters. They either have no idea where to start or they've started, they have a business, but they're not scaling it, they're not making money or not enough money, and they make, unfortunately, a lot of mistakes because they don't build the proper foundation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I do consult with people, and that's an avenue that's available. But I also have a membership site that I'm launching on August 16th For people who may not have the wherewithal to hire me at that level, but they still want the information and the support that I give, and they could join the membership site, and it's very reasonable. It's only $47 a month, so it's something reasonable, and they have access to webinars, newsletter, um, question and answer, access to me. They could send me their questions. So there's a lot that I offer in the membership site that would be worthwhile for people to check out.
0: That's in awesome. In fact,
1: if I may say, you can go to Vibe Consulting. That's v i b e consulting dot c o, and it is c o not com mm-hmm. forward slash podcast. And you can get my free book, my free ebook about the industry. And then, you, if you want, you can go to um, products and join my wait list so that when we open you're the first online to get my email
0: That's awesome. I will totally do that. Yes, yes, yes.
1: Brad.
0: I I feel like you have so much to teach. You're like this um this this wise soul that's sitting here oh, going <laughs> that's going <laughs> if you just turn your head over here you could do this better. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you just thought about it differently, just keep going. Come on, little bunny, you can do it. Um
1: Anybody can do it. If I can make be a success from where I was as a young person to now, anybody can do it. I'm telling you, I was so shy. I didn't talk to people. I certainly wasn't the kind of person that could go into a, a place and command the room, as I um, modestly say I can do right now. I just... It's so, I've evolved so much. And if I can do that, I'm telling you, people who want to have careers in this business or have entrepreneurial fashion brands, anybody can do it. You just have to do it the right way so that you don't spend more money than you need to and spend more time, you know, just getting frustrated. I spoke to someone today who's going to be joining me. He started a business a couple of years ago and we talked actually, and he ended up not hiring me because he thought, you know, I, I could do this. I'm good. I have some good <laughs> things happening. Well, unfortunately, it did not work out for him. And now he's joining me because, and unfortunately, he spent a lot of money and time that he mm-hmm. didn't need to because when you really don't know the nuances of this business, A lot of times people will pull you in a million different directions and say, do this. Oh, no, don't do that. Do this. Mm -hmm. I call it the bright, shiny penny syndrome, which I did not make up, but it is definitely in existence in my business. A lot of designers, they start out and somebody says, why don't you do a trade show? They say, "Okay, I'll do the trade show. They do one. Of course, it's not great because it's the first one and you need to build on them. And then they never do it again. So they never, so they wasted all that money mm-hmm. or they um, hire someone to sell for them. But the salesperson is not the right person because they didn't really research who they should be hiring. Mm-hmm. There's just so many ways that you can really waste time and money. And this is a way that you can really build the right foundation to run a business that's successful.
0: Well, and you know, everybody's on a subscription membership anymore. It's kind of like, you know, it gives you access to the things that you want to become learned and and the expert in. And so what a great path to say, let me take my knowledge and pull it into, you know, this format and give somebody access to you, your expertise, your thoughts, your mindset, your ideas, so they can bounce ideas back off of you. Uh, sure. And that's the key to where this society is taking us. I hate to, everybody always says is isolated, you know, because we say, oh, we're all in our, our little capsules and, and we're all doing stuff on our computers. And then we go out to dinner and we all look at our phones because nobody knows what to say to each other.
1: I know. It's awful. <laughs> it is awful. I don't let anybody do that with me. <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed to be on your phones while we're going out that, to dinner. That's awesome. But you know what? That's the key thing. Community is really great. We have a Facebook group that people can share their line or they can talk about problems they're having or what do you think of this style. That kind of community is great. And I'll tell you something else that I found for me. I don't know everything. Nobody does. It's just not possible. So when I first started, I knew the fashion business very well, but I had no clue about consulting. So I hired a consulting expert to teach me how to do my business. It saved so much time that would have been wasting wasted trying to figure it all out mm-hmm. and it saved me money ultimately because I had sales quicker. Mm-hmm. So yes, I think you're right. You really need to have access to people who've been there done that.
0: Mm-hmm and it's it's not hard to do but it's hard to understand sometimes because you think right um i i always laugh but you know it's like shark tank you you see these people that own this little product and they get out there and it's like i've designed this i've manufactured it i've spent all my money i you know i have three investors and why won't you give me money <laughs> and the sharks look back at him like well you haven't thought about this like there was one gap that they didn't even consider and all this time it could have been years that they've poured into this and so having people around you that can at least give you feedback and give you some like hey that's the great direction or you might just want to consider this from my experience and so that is so key what you're doing in setting up that community is going to be really important for people to just realize like just try it you know post something share something connect uh, to where they can they can feel like they're a part of something bigger, and get that feedback.
1: Yeah. yeah, and the support and just somebody saying, "Listen, you're on the right track. You're doing the right things. Just stay with it, and it'll ultimately work out." Because nothing in this business happens overnight. Nothing in any business happens overnight. You know, they tease actors and actresses. I don't know if they tease them, but they say, oh, this one's an overnight success. And she said, yeah, it took me five years to become an overnight success or 10 years before I became an overnight success. I mean, you don't see all the work that people pour into things. And sometimes just as they're almost there to become successful, they close the door. That's always sad.
0: It's really sad. It's like that one more step, that one more push, that one more idea you know if you've done this you if you are looking for consulting if you're looking for fashion industry consulting and the expert here Maria you've been awesome to come on and share your stories and your life and your ideas and your future i just i get so excited when i think about I'm coming to New York next time. I'm going to look you up. We're going to have some coffee. You better. Yes. I
1: absolutely want to get together. I
0: will. I absolutely will. That would will. be cool. Yeah. And
1: thank you for having me on your show. I loved being on it.
0: This has been so much fun. I really appreciate it. You are really just this um, raising the bar on everyday leaders. This program is is really designed to inspire. And you brought it, girl. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, you're welcome.
0: Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Hi, I'm Melanie Ake with Everyday Leaders. I wanted to invite you to join my leadership class. It's Life Strategies 101, where I'm going to take you through the everyday 15 laws of growth. It's an amazing journey. It's 15 weeks with me as your personal coach. Join me, everydayleaders.com, and sign up today.